Smashing Obsessed Podcast. We'll be sitting down with a fresh guest each week. Someone who shares the same kayak fishing passion that runs through our veins. We're talking kayak anglers, kayak companies, lure experts. Heck, anyone who's got a story to tell about landing the big ones from a kayak. We're setting our sights on becoming the number one kayak fishing podcast in the world. You'll get a chuckle, a grin, and hey, maybe even a belly laugh. Because we believe in the power of humor. But above all, we're here to educate and inspire. So, whether you're a seasoned kayak angler or just dipping your toes into this exhilarating world, join us on the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast. It's time to reel in adventure, camaraderie, and the joy of the catch. Here's your host, Darren Wendell. Welcome to episode number 46 of the KFO Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast brought to you by the Wendell Fishing YouTube channel. If you're coming in hearing about this for the first time, maybe from the podcast, head over to that channel, over 900 videos on the subject of kayak fishing. And if you happen to stop by, go leave a comment. I do a pretty good job of responding to those. Uh, I'm starting to lose my ability to respond to everybody like I enjoy doing. So I'm really just focusing on those who are subscribers. Um, but I'll respond to you if you're one of those or if there's really great questions, sometimes I get around to it. If you're not live and you're listening in from the podcast, one, thank you. Maybe you're working on your kayak, out fishing, driving to or from work, whatever it is, whatever you're doing, I would love to hear from you. Please hit me up on Facebook, um, Instagram, YouTube, and I will respond, especially if you DM me. It has been a wild month this past month, which is probably why you haven't seen a podcast come out of the KFO for about four or five weeks. Uh, I got a new job. Then I went on a cruise with my wife. I got sick toward the end of the cruise with COVID. I was laid up like 10 days straight because of COVID. I got the one that like kicked your butt. And then it was Halloween. And then I got strep. And then I got better. And then it was time for the kayak bass fishing and knucklehead tournament. And so it's been a wild last month. But have no fear. We got a great pipeline of guests coming up. Casey kayak fishing on the 28th. Nate Goodwin fishing on the 5th. Matt's fishing mission on the 12th, mainstream fishing on the 19th, and I just booked Bass Fishing HQ for the first Tuesday of 2024. So pretty excited about that. But tonight we're going to be discussing the Knucklehead Bass Fishing Championship. And I have Jay, um, the bearded dad fishing on. There he is. Welcome Yo, to the show, brother. I have John from Creek Fishing Adventures. Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you. And I got JT from Hickman outdoors these are all team captains for the knucklehead welcome fellas how you guys doing good great glad to be here yeah so let's hop into this uh really quick also if you're if you notice that we're responding to comments and you're not seeing them it's because we're simulcasting this across multiple channels and so be like i didn't see that where'd that come from well you might be on grant's channel or john or, or jay's and so just keep that in mind you're in the right place so let me let me kind of if you're new, maybe this is the first podcast you're listening to, or you're like, okay, Knucklehead, many people on know what that is. But in case you don't, the Knucklehead Bass Fishing Series took place this summer. And each content creator uh, had four one-month tournaments that if you won that month tournament, you were on that team. And then we all went down to the Knucklehead Bass Fishing Championship, which is on Lake Gunnersville just a couple of weekends ago. And so to give it some perspective here, so the this just wasn't a tournament just with like 65 anglers down in down in Gunnersville. The like pre-tournaments for this, there was a lot of people involved. We had over 416 anglers were a part of the Knucklehead Bass Fishing Series. 
and a total of 9,761 bass were posted, right? Mm -hmm. And these are just the ones that were posted. Um, most people wouldn't post an upgrade. And so this is probably even double or triple. And we're talking probably 30,000 bass that were caught just in the series. And then we head down to Lake Gunnersville uh, a couple of weekends ago for the championship where we have 13 teams, around 65 anglers, and there are 342 bass uploaded. Um, once again, probably triple that number because a lot of them weren't upgrades. And so it's been a wild, wild summer. This is the first, my first tournament. So I'm looking at it from a different perspective than probably some of the other gents around the board here. But what's back up? I'm going to propose the question to you three on the channel here. What did your pre-fishing strategy going into the tournament look like for your team? Hey, Darren, let me one? back you up for a second. Talk back a me little up. Bit. Let me talk a little bit about the origin of where this whole thing spawned from, which, as you know, we called it the Hero Cup, and it happened on Veterans Day. But that was literally the one-year anniversary of a weekend on Veterans Day spent down at Chad's campground with myself and my two Freedom Squad brothers, Jeremy and Matt, along with a few other veterans, some guys from Heroes on the Water, and uh, other veterans talking about different ways that we can get more people um, involved in kayak fishing. And so we threw out all kinds of different ideas and laughed and joked and, you know, cried a little bit, too, because it was Veterans Day. And, you know, there's a lot of, of feelings that go along with that throughout the veteran and first responder community, um, obviously also coming off of, of COVID. But we threw out some different ideas. So come springtime, Chad was working on, you know, how can we get more wreck anglers, bank fishing, you know, a lot of the folks that enjoy John's content and those of us who like to kayak fish, how could we get more people involved in the sport? And that's kind of where this whole thing grew out of. And of course, obviously Chad being Chad, knowing YouTube and knowing plenty of different YouTubers, we had a great core audience that we could reach out to. And we started with like the base of the folks who had been fishing in the catch 22 challenge, which is the, you know, charitable thing where the year before we had raised money for mission 22 this year, it was for heroes on the water. Everybody makes a $22 donation and you upload basically your best 22 fish throughout the season. And we thought that was a great way because, you know, it was bank fishing, kayak fishing, boat fishing. There's a category for everybody, multi-species, but from that, it was like, how can we get more people into like kayak fishing and, and all of that? And so that's kind of where the knucklehead started and came from, because knucklehead is the community of followers of, you know, Chad's YouTube channel. But that's that's kind of where this whole thing was born. And obviously we wanted to mean something because that's why it was named the Hero Cup, because the event was to be held on Veterans Day. So as you probably can guess. You know, that event meant a lot to a lot of us that uh, are promoting it as rec veteran recreational therapy and things like that. But that's kind of some of the back history. And then the guests, you know, the rest is just history. You know, Chad reached out to a bunch of different, you know, influencers who were in this space, both bank and kayak angling. And man, what a season. I mean, I know about you guys, but every month was a challenge and i mean those of us who fish like in the the kbf state challenges these people were hammering even harder than the people who you know were trying to go win money there were people that were literally you know every weekend every spare minute they had trying to qualify for their favorite 
for their favorite captain's team. And it was phenomenal watching. I mean, just the blood, sweat, and tears that everybody put into just trying to make a team before we even got to Ditto Landing. So that was pretty incredible. And I want to thank every one of you, every single one of you who got out there this year and competed and worked your butt off, learned to catch photo release techniques, and really put the work in because we had the pleasure of just showing up. Y'all had to put in the work. So again, thank you. <laughs> I love it. The origin story. Thank you so much for that. Um, so yeah, it was it was wild. I mean, I had guys telling me like, "Oh, I'm skipping work today. I'm calling in sick." I, it, it's toward the end of the month, and I am <laughs> like, and just so close to taking the um, taking that spot on the team. Uh, so. Woo, wild and crazy. So I just realized, which is kind of crazy, I, my battery is 19% remaining. So I'm going to ask a question. <laughs> Gramps, if you can moderate while I go get my cable upstairs. <laughs> but let us know what your, um, Jay, John, what did it look like with your team? Once you had your team solidified, um, what were you guys doing in like as a pre-fishing strategy? Because Jay, you and I were talking a little bit, and you were like, you had people dropping off your team, you had people dropping on your team. Did you even get around to like meeting and strategizing? What did that look like for you? And why yeah. did you guys do that? I'm going to get my power cable. <laughs> <clears throat> so for, for my team, it was a little bit different because uh, I came in into this whole series like in the middle of July. Yep. So I really only got six weeks as uh, for building my team. You know what I mean? Because before that was Clay Guida. So he had it for May, June, and then halfway through July. Uh, so once, that, once Chad called me, called me in the beginning of July, and I started – we got everything official halfway through July. So really I was only fully involved for August. Um, but I mean, regardless, like the guys that ended up on my team were like awesome dudes. And like uh, Darren said, like they all earned their spot. So it put, I, I don't know if you guys as captains felt like this, like we, we, we made it there, but these guys made it there. Like they earned their spot. Yep. So I was super intimidated coming in, just like going against these guys, not against these guys with these guys, but I, I knew that they were going to catch some, some hogs yeah i didn't want to let my guys down i was like <laughs> i'm glad i didn't have to win to get on because there's no way <laughs> yeah seriously man i, I got to um oh, is my mic loud or is that miss me you're good you're good okay i i i got to get in on it early so i got to kind of got to see the whole thing um transpire and my guy my months were like uh march april may and june so it was real early so my my guys had you know so i i got like a group text together once everybody, um, like I, and, um, every, once every, the, after everybody that won, I, I called, I was able to call that person. So I'm terrible about doing stuff like that, but I like, I try to make myself like, all right, I have to contact this guy and I hate calling people. So I got, so I got like the information I'd contact them. Um, uh, one of the guys I already knew. And then two of the guys were from Georgia, like two hours from where I live, and, which is crazy. Uh, one was from North Carolina and, um, where was the uh, one was from Florida. So we were all in the southeast area, and um, they all they all seemed really good. And they they caught some big fish, and it, it pushed them to like to do to fish way harder than they said they like ever had. So they said it was kind of cool because there's like I, I you know, if some, one guy had like 110 inches or something like that in Georgia, Dang. in North Georgia, he like Dang. found this little lake that I had driven past before, and I, and you'd never thought there'd be like 22 inch bass in there. Jeez. So like hearing the stories and hearing like, you know, these guys go out and earn it was, was really cool. I felt bad for like the second place guys, you know, some of them like fished really hard. So, um, 
and that, that's where next year I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to handle, like, I'd love to give out something for second and third place, but I really wasn't sure. I didn't do it this year, but we did, I didn't was able to do a few giveaways and I still got one to give away, but, but yeah, I am coming into it. We like, we went down a, um, a couple days early to get some fishing in. Uh, yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> you got me nervous. I was like, crap, John is on them. And I'm well, still sitting up here in Ohio and you're already catching monsters. Yeah. What was had, that? What was that big? You caught like your first day down there. This fifth cast. I had the best bluff. Um, <laughs> so I'm meeting up with one of the guys I never met before. I'm like, meet me at this ramp. I actually brought down one of my kayaks he was going to use. So, um, it's like three in the afternoon. It's already getting dark, you know? So I'm like, I'm going to put in, he'll be here in like 10 minutes, five or six casts. I fish right by the bank. I catch like a five and a half pounder. Um, it was like 21 and something. I was like, no way. <laughs> I was like, I'm posting this just to mess with everybody. You messed with me. It worked. I didn't catch anything else bigger. Um, I actually didn't everybody catch down there caught the one that's bigger than my PB on a catch board. My only goal was to try to find something that was 21 and a quarter. And it's like pre-fishing. I'm sitting there going, what? Yeah. Come on. You had, it me was worried. Insane. you had me worried, John. You really did. I looked at that. I was like, crap, he's already on him. I've never even been on the lake yet. I'm just looking at like Google photos of it. But I'm Remember like, I'm also picking apart your back, your background. I'm like, oh, yeah. like the bro's at a marina. Okay, he's fishing a Helgermai. What else he got in here? Well, everybody <laughs> knew he's at a marina. It's like, okay, which one is he at? Yeah. <laughs> oh, love it. Yeah, I missed your story. Sorry about that. Gramps, did you share yours? <clears throat> oh, no, not yet. I was going to let Jay, well. <laughs> so pre-fishing wise, we were down there. Um, we were down there a few weeks earlier because we qualified for the KBF championships due for last year's uh, at the KBF national championship. We were down there. Jeremy and I both qualified in the top 100. So we were qualified already for the KBF challenge series championship and the trail series participating in the Tempitational, which is like KBF's biggest, most, you know, but there's no way we're winning those. We just go to hang out with the cool cats like Christine and Casey Reed and, you know, all the, the top hammers in the kayak industry. Cause it's, it's fun fishing with those guys. Cause just like we love meeting up, you know, it's cool kind of watching everybody who kind of does this for a living and going out and sharing some water with them too. It was really cool, but we were down there. And of course, you know, we've never been there before. Um, you know, we don't have any locals on the team to kind of help kind of give us a head start. You know, Jeremy had to do his, you know, video study for, he you know, for about a month and a half, two months out. And then, you know, he's, he's tournament fished longer than anybody. Cause he used to do the stuff in a boat way back. So between map study, YouTube study, we kind of had three or four different areas and in leading up to pre-fishing before knucklehead, we were pre-fishing. We were, we were literally using these championships to prepare for the knucklehead. Right. And so, you know, it was days of hitting 10 or more boat ramps in each of the days just to kind of see what was what to get a, a clue. Because if you're not from there and you don't have anybody that's down in that area, you all know if you did any scouting, there are a million boat ramps and a million, you know, areas. And you're just trying to figure stuff out. So we literally used the KBF championships as our knucklehead pre-fishing. And, you know, we did pretty good. I finished in the in the in the top 30. Our buddy OEF five finished, you know, 22. I was 26. Um, and then Jeremy had big bass one day, won a thousand bucks. So, you know, we were on in an area that with decent fish. And, you know, we knew we knew where you guys would be fishing because we knew there would be a lot of people fishing there because you were literally one bait south of us. You yep. if you go under the bridge by the boat ramp you put in it, we were literally on the other side of that. That's how close we were. And of course, wow. you saw Liz over there. But then pre-fishing, 
we did it again. We spent a lot of time up at Wheeler eliminating water because a lot of people, you know, say, you know, sometimes it's, it's, you know, you're not going to get as many fish, but you can get bigger fish. So we spent time up there as well. Um, but we did a whole lot of running around the two weeks prior and then the, and then the few days that we were there beforehand. But I don't think any of us, you know, the, especially pre-fishing for the actual knucklehead caught a fish, maybe bigger than 19 or so, except for Alex, who goes out on the three fish pre-fish, catches two twenties and misses a seven at the boat um, to, to, to win those, you know, KBF. But, you know, that was our pre-fishing. So we were just going to stick with what we knew because we know we were in an area that held the fish. But, you know, we just had to stick with kind of what we knew from history and and not and not try to, you know, overreach. And, you know, we just wanted to put fish up on the board. You know how that goes. Yeah, 100 percent. So my strategy was a little bit so I, I was kind of lucky um, as people were winning the tournaments. A lot of times they were winning multiple teams and so they could take their pick you know, whose team they want to be on. And so the first person to win, I believe his name was Greg Massa. And the good news is Greg lives on Wheeler. And so he oftentimes, he knows Wheeler like the back of his hand. And then, of course, uh, Gunnersville, he gets on every once in a while. So we had that in my back pocket. Um, if you guys know Greg, he is the owner of 3dyak.com. He does all kinds of 3D printed um, kayak fishing accessories, which is kind of neat. I got a few on my yak myself. And then Jake Tomlin out of Cleveland, um, he just started getting into fishing this year. And we started fishing together and he had like the best year ever. I mean, PB after PB after PB, which was kind of wild and crazy. And so we're driving down together, but we have no clue. Like Lake Gunnersville, known about it, giant lake. And of course we're doing the Google map stuff. And like, holy crap, this thing is like, if you drive one end to the other, you're looking at like a 60 minute drive, just driving. Absolutely massive. Where in the world are they? Then it gets to um, Tammy Sanchez comes out of nowhere with like, over 100 inches, 103 inches out of New Hampshire. I was like, yeah. holy cow, girl's a hammer. Glad she's on my team. She can pick up over 100 in, in north Northeast. Yep, That's awesome. Then it comes down to the last month, and Jack McRoberts, don't know a whole lot about him, but he wins like three different people's teams. I think Fluke Masters, and I, Jay, I think he won yours, he won mine. And I was like, man, I want this guy on my team. I don't even know where he's at. So I find his email address i was like hey man i know you won three different but i'd love i'd love for you to be on my team he's like yeah sure and to come to find out he lives like 45 minutes from gunnersville and fishes it all the time and so we had i brought everybody got everybody together on like a, a call like this and we start strategizing They're like jake and i are like and tammy are like we have no clue what we'll walk into we're really leading heavily on greg and jack and so they told us what they thought, you know, Wheeler is known for, you know, spotted bass are going to be smaller. Gunnersville known for the, the monsters. And so for this particular tournament, probably a better idea to fish Gunnersville over Wheeler. Um, but it still wasn't off the table because there were some strategies at play nonetheless. And so Jack ended up like taking the entire week off. He fished like 35 hours of pre-fishing wow. that week before to pattern those bass for us before we got there. I was like, man, this bro's putting into work. <laughs> And so, I mean, of course that helped because I walked in, I was like, Jack, where should we put in our boat? He's like, got to go here. And so that's kind of like the, pre we had a text thread going as well. And of course, John, your, your photo made our text thread. Cause everyone's like, what the crap? Where's he at? Jack, Greg, where's he at? What's in the background? Where's this, where's this man fishing at? Where's he pulling in 21 plus fit inch, inch fish? 
And so that kind of got us to where we where we wanted to be. So that was kind of our strategy involved. Um, I know you guys kind of moved into pre-fishing, but maybe you didn't fully kind of unwrap it. I'd love to get, enter into it. You haven't talked about your pre-fishing. Some of you were there for multiple days. What were you trying out? Um, I know you could try out different boat ramps, but you know, Jay, I saw you on the water in tournament day and you're like, man, yeah. my, my pre-fishing was garbage. No, I, this was, this was the worst pre-fish I've ever had. So I went into tournament day, like pretty discouraged. Like I didn't think I was going to do good. Uh, I had a nine inch dink is all I had for two days of pre-fishing. Oh, two days. So, <laughs> no, seriously, Dude, man. I was so, on the water for three days and had one 12 inch all three days. Oh, and one smallie when when Chad and I were were chasing smallies and not really trying to find them. But yeah, yeah. It, it, my pre-fishing was the same way. It was garbage. Yeah. It was rough, and it was for all those reasons. I mean, we the, the lake is like in, insane, insanely large. None of all of my guys. So I had Dan, Joe, Anthony, and Rick. Only one, which was Joe, has been down to Gunnersville before. Okay, and he came onto the are my team probably with two weeks left. Uh, because we couldn't fill that one spot and he came onto the team okay. and we did the same type of thing. So we did like a zoom call and we're just all looking at the map, squeezing it, you know what I mean? Zooming <laughs> in. I know. So we had kind of ideas of where we wanted to put in. So, so the first two days we tried the Towns Creek ramp and couldn't get uh, the other guys. I went with Dan and Anthony. They both got some, some good fish. Dan got a lot of nice ones on top water. I couldn't nail anything down at all we were finding bait fish like i've never seen them before like every five yards just a cloud of bait fish couldn't really? get past. how deep were you uh, we were maybe uh maybe like 10 15 feet okay. but the the bait fish were anywhere in the middle of that um so, and and i was spotting them and anthony was catching them but i mean i was throwing everything so i went in with the mindset of throwing what i knew which was jerk baits in the fall yeah, all my hard jerk baits. I didn't hit anything with that man. Didn't hit anything with the with the top water. Uh, then I went to my confidence bait, which is uh, like a just a Kitek four inch minnow bait. Right, nothing, man. Like it was it was rough. So so we ended up the second day we switched it up and we went to um, uh, man the other. I think it's like JC's boat launch. Anyways, I talked to Chad about it. I sent him the screenshot. He's like, oh dude, you got it. He circled it. He's like, right here, huge grass mat just fish to grass. So sure enough, we did. And I couldn't, my autopilot kept getting stuck in the grass, dude. I was paddling this thing. It's like a barge. Yeah. It was, it was not fun and it's raining and it's cold. So it was just like a whole trifecta of stuff. Ended up getting that little fish, but at the end of the day to practice, I was, I mean, pissed off was probably the, the accurate word. Like I, I don't get mad often when I'm fishing, but I was just frustrated. You know, you know that there's big fish there. Just right. kidding. I couldn't find them. Yep. Um, but we, so one of our guys, Rick, was fishing where we ended up fishing tournament day. Yeah. And uh, he was hitting them on that on that second day, getting them at the docks. And I'm much more comfortable fishing docks. So, like I told you, I was like, I'm just gonna go back to what I know. Yeah. We went back there. There were three of us there, and we all ended up doing pretty good. Um. So, anyways, pre-fishing was was incredibly difficult for us. John, anything to add about your pre-fishing and your team? <clears throat> um. All my guys are creek and bank beaters so <laughs> makes sense <laughs> we, we just um like we all spread out really and fish different little creek channels and stuff and where the i think it was town creek where i caught that big one um right in front of the first boat like right off the little ramp there and the, but for the next two hours i didn't catch i didn't get a bite uh when i went back in there and then um like 
uh, I think everybody got down there by was it was Thursday. So we had like a day, like I, I fished like um so Thursday, like me and like three of us went to um Crow Creek and that and I and I actually fished there for the um the Bass Nation state tournament and I did really good in there, but that was like in uh sep- September or something. Okay. And I'm like, well, I'm at least gonna go check it out again. So I went in there and I caught like a couple seventeen and a half and a few fish. And I'm like, well, at least I know there's fish in here. I'm gonna that's where I'd plan to go. Friday, I uh I went and like went to this like park and like got some drone footage and like just I, I fished like two hours. I wasn't even gonna um try I didn't really want to fish hard. But everybody else had like we all everybody when we went out, we all had these separate places to go. Um nobody really found anything big, like but everybody caught fish like six sixteens or something. So our goal going in was like I'll, I, I was like try shoot for eighteen at least. Everybody go for an eighteen and that's kind of what was our goal. And then on the tournament day, my biggest was 15 and a half. No. <laughs> I had I had two like literally look at me in the eye and throw my spinnerbait out on tournament day. But um but I, I threw a spinnerbait and I, I don't throw a lot of different lures. So um they were hitting the spinnerbait a little bit softer, but I was still catching them. Okay. And um just going up down little creek channels. Um so I don't know if we want to talk about the tournament yet, but as far as pre fishing, I just kinda hit I hit like three spots and and I'm used to big lakes. Like I live t- 30 minutes from Chickamauga, so I'm, I'm used okay. to the Tennessee River system. Okay. But I don't fish. I don't really like. I don't ever go out on the lake. I'd rather just. I just creek fish, and so I know enough about lakes that where if you can find some fish, there's usually a lot, and usually there's fish everywhere. You know, for most most of the part, most of these kind of lakes, there's there's fish all over. Right. Um. Obviously, some a lot of times there's gonna be better areas, but so yeah. Yeah, there we go. So my pre-fishing day, our team kind of split up because we still weren't quite sure, even though we had Jack doing pre-fishing for the previous week. And so Jake and I were like, okay, we'll just stick together. Um, we'll go to this place. It's got some flats. I've been told it, it's produced fish in the past, but we'll see what happens. And then my other two teammates, um, Greg Massa goes to a completely different spot. He never actually ever comes back and fishes the spot with us. Um, he's in a completely different spot, probably a couple miles away. And then Jack on pre-fishing day ends up like pitching up, picking up a hitchhiker and a dog who has a broken leg and then ends up like driving them like hours to like Athens, Georgia. So he never actually gets around to pre-fishing at all, um, but he's probably feeling pretty good because he's been doing it all week. But we get into this, this spot and I'm just, I just start picking them up. I'm, I, I start with a jig before I started coming down there. I was like, okay, this, the weather pattern that I'm seeing down where we're heading really was what I was fishing three weeks ago in Ohio. It looked exactly the same. And so I was like, all right, I was catching them on jigs off of timber and I'm going to go down there. I'm going to bring all my jigs with me and we're just going to, they should be picking them up. And so I was picking them up here and there, uh, picked them up off a rock, picked them up off some, uh, off a lay down, but they weren't like, they weren't huge and they weren't hammering all the time. And so I just had the spidey sense. I was just editing my video for the pre-fishing and for the tournament recently. So I was like, oh, you know what? They shouldn't be hitting a wacky worm, <laughs> but uh, threw that on and started skipping docks. I mean, the docks. So if you're from Ohio and ever been on Lake Gunnersville, docks up here in Ohio are like just a slip. And you put a boat on the left and on the right. Docks down in Lake Gunnersville, man, they have like gangplanks that go out to them. And they're probably like 10x the size of docks that I'm used mm-hmm. to. And they're insane. They're probably like 50 pylons underneath. And there's all kinds of boards going left and right and up and down. and 
all kinds of security boards because people don't want you fishing under their docks. And then <laughs> people with their um, garages they put down after they bring their boat in and lift it up. There's gates on the bottom of that. So you can't skip underneath their docks. And so um, luckily, I love skipping. I've been skipping for, for years now. So I got it dialed in. So if you give me a tiny little hole, I mean, if you give me seven inches, I typically could skip a worm into that hole. And so I'm like, all right, I'm coming up with these docks. I'm like, you can fish the back of these things. You can fish the sides, the fronts. And with all the pylons, you could probably cast 30 to 40 times per dock to pick up a fish that may be sitting on one side or the back side or further way back in. So I start skipping, not like just to the edges of the docks. I'm going like 20, 30 feet under the dock as far as I can. And that's when I started, that's when I started picking them up. So I start going from dock, the dock, the dock, the dock. And um, on pre-fishing day, I got a, I think it was a 20.5. Then I picked up like 16. I was like, man, this is where they're at. And I started thinking to myself, started looking around. I see one other kayaker outside of my teammate. And so I called Jack up. I'm like, Jack, like this place is loaded and nobody is here pre-fishing it. He's like, oh, it's probably because they're going to be there tomorrow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, was going to oh. say everybody and their brother who paid attention to the KDF. <laughs> Watched Garrett, uh, Garrett Wade. Cole, I think it was, win the Challenge Series championship because he was skipping all those docks right yep. just all through there and just slaughtering them. So I started thinking to myself, I was like, Jack, you either like this can't be a best kept secret because this place is loaded. Almost every dock has, I felt like, had some type of fish under it. And we're talking underneath these docks was either like two feet of water. And depending where you were in this particular area, it could be like six to eight feet of water. And so, um, it was fascinating. So I was thinking to myself, okay, if people are like, you know, you don't want to make all these, <laughs> these baths of sore mouths, but I'm thinking to myself, if there's going to be a ton of people coming tomorrow, I'm just going to fish the crap out of these docks today <laughs> and make sure they're scared of anything the next day. And so that's what I did all day long to start skipping off, skipping off, skipping off. So I'll come back tomorrow and hopefully I'll pick up a few that didn't see, see it, which is going to be really hard because I'm skipping like 50 casts a dock. Yeah. And so that was kind of, that was my strategy. So I was like, I, I literally only fished, pre-fished one area the entire time. I only had one day to pre-fish. I fished a spot. And I was like, I got to come here tomorrow because it's the only spot that I know. Gramps, anything to add there? So for us, the pattern the couple of weeks before was jackhammer everywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, so we threw that a lot in the pre-fishing. But I say that knowing that on the final day of the championship down there, when the wind really picked up and the water kind of got even more stained, I had to move away from the jackhammer because I was I was hurting. I only I only had two fish, uh, you know, two fourteens, and you know I'm still trying to be in the top thirty percent, which is my goal in any tournament I fish in. There was ninety two in the championship, I think, and I I really wanted to stay in the uh, goal was to try to crack the top twenty, but. Um, oddly enough, I, I saw the stained water and it really reminded me a lot of these places I fish around here. Um, and that's when I pick up that chartreuse, you know, black back six cents crankbait. And I proceeded to go up a stretch of about 150 yards and picked up a 13, a 17, okay. a 20 and a half. Ooh. And then I called the 13 with the 16, which, you know, moved me up into the 26th position in the, in the, in the final standings. And then I ended up finishing 20th on the nose in like the challenge series angler of the year standings. So I had a lot of confidence in that crankbait, but I was still trying to find that chatterbait bite um, when we came back and pre-fish for knucklehead, because that was, that was like the hot ticket, but it, for me, it didn't turn out to, you know, because pre-fishing, they just, just weren't on it. 
Now, Liz and Jeremy were in the cove that you guys were. Yeah. So we knew the docks would be a thing. We were leaving those alone. And Liz and Jeremy were really tearing up the flats where there were balls of bait fish. Yeah. And I mean, just they were tearing up everything. You can you could watch like 12 and 13 inches just chasing your chatterbait and spinnerbaits like all day long. But we knew we wanted to leave the docks alone because we knew that would be a thing in case, you know, that we in case we had to move over there. But uh, yeah, it was it was just one of those things. But we kind of we kind of left that alone because we knew we absolutely knew that that place would be flooded. But Liz, that's where she did so good. And she figured everybody's going to be on the docks. I'm going to be out here in the flats. And that's kind of what her strategy was. So, you know, we knew going into tournament day that we were going to have a different game plan and, you know, then really just went to work executing it come, 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 come tournament time. Heck yeah. So coming down with the strategy, pre-fishing. So first share, like in your mind, what's going on, your kind of state of mind, what are things that you're changing at the last second? And then walk us through your personal experience and your team's experience for the first part of the tournament. Uh, Jay, how about you kick us off? All right, so so we ended up. There's three of us: Anthony, myself, and Rick. So we ended up going to the same spot where where you were at, where you guys are fishing at, right? So we decided <laughs> to go Grand fish. Central Station that morning. I know, dude. Well, you know what? It's funny because we pulled up again. We were uncertain. Yeah. But who pulls up behind us? Chad Hoover. So I was like, all right. So I guess we got a good spot. <laughs> so I was happy to see every other place we went to. There was no other kayaker. So right. once I saw all those cars, I was like, all right, we're on to something here. Uh, but sure enough, we pull in and once we're on the water, I mean, it's pitch black for at least yeah. 20, 30 minutes. So I knew I wasn't going to hit skip no docks. I was going to get hung up <laughs> if I even tried. So I just started working the shoreline, just like I do here in PA, work the shoreline, did some jerk baits, some top water, alas, nothing, nothing, nothing worked out. Uh, but Rick had told us you've been doing the wacky worm. All day on uh, Friday under the docks, and that's where he landed a couple decent ones. Uh, I think the biggest one was maybe 16 and a half or so. So, uh, so anyways, while the sun was coming up, I was working my way towards the docks along with uh, with Anthony, who decided to he's decided to do the rip wraps first over by the bridge. Uh, I by the line, I know you're talking about, yeah, yeah. So, but he he showed up empty handed too. So, we just all ended up working out the docks together after a couple hours in, and uh, sure enough, wacky worm. Just started started slaying them, mm-hmm. uh, but we we found that it was kind of they were a little picky with color because I didn't get any hits on green pumpkin. None. But I believe you guys were were using That's green all pumpkin. fish. The GP. Yeah, we weren't getting any hits. But once I saw Rick was using this like weird peach colored sanko that I would never pick up uh, ever if I saw it. But you know, sure enough, so I started switching out to light colors, and that's when we started landing fish. Um, so did he get that from John? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so 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 Rick. So first one to catch was Rick, who who caught uh he caught us a, a fifteen and a half and ended up upgrading to an eighteen incher. Dang, um, okay. I got first first bass for me was a short eleven and a half. There you go, that just colored just like that. <laughs> so my first bass was a short. Ended up going up, um, switching to a weightless fluke, and that's where I ended up catching all the rest of my fish was a, wow. a, a smoke shad weightless fluke on a Texas rig. Um, like and then I flip? ended up getting a, a 15 and a half incher, a 14 incher, and then stapled in with my 19 and a half, all just, just working the docks. And just like you said, there's like a hundred different angles you can take on those docks. Cause over here, <laughs> yep. it's the same thing. They're, they're just like floats here yeah. with a couple and they're chained down. You get so, three casts. 
Yeah, man. So that big one, I, I got him on like two and a half feet of water yeah. on the walkway, the back end of the dock. Didn't think anything was there, but it's, you know, might as well. So just tossing that that uh, that twitch bait around and ended up nailing that one. Really on the um, on the on the gangplank. See, I didn't fish a lot of the gang. I, I mean, I cast it a few times, but yeah, they well, see, I got the thing I love about the autopilot is you can finagle in any little nook and cranny without any issues. And JT will tell you no that way. thing. I mean, that wind was not doing anything to me. I was chilling. <laughs> so so I was making my way all the way up to those to those walkways, and that's um, that's where I ended up getting the big one. Um, so that's not bad. No, man, and a half, no. it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, I ended up, I caught a couple of small ones after that, but stapled in with the 19 and a half. Um, Anthony, who was with us, ended up getting a 14 and three, uh, three quarters, I believe was the biggest one. Uh, we had, so our other guy, Joe, he was fishing, he was fishing some, some back creeks from a different launch. I, I don't even okay. know exactly what launch he was at, but he was, he was just fishing grass, chatterbaits and, and crankbaits, uh, all pre-fish and he ended up doing really good. And he was just steadily upgrading from a 15 to 15 and a half, 16, 17, ended up finishing off with a 19. So we had some big fish uh, uh, for our team. So he ended up with 19 as the biggest. And then our last guy, Dan, unfortunately, he killed it in pre-fish, couldn't nail a fish down uh, during tournament day. It happens, man. So, it happens. Yeah. Was he in the area? No, so he ended up staying in Towns Creek because that's how he did really good the first the first two days. Yeah. Oh, it's a bummer when you kill it the day before and you're like, where the crap are they today? Oh yeah, man. I mean, we were um he was he was super prepared and he was from the beginning. Anything he was throwing in there, he was like just absolutely killing it. Um, but the day of, you know, I don't I think that in the creeks, and I don't do a lot of creek fishing, so maybe John, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a lot more movement going on in there um with the bass. Like that, I don't think they stay as steady back there. Uh, so he was finding them on on Thursday and Friday, but Saturday it was he caught a twenty four inch drum, <laughs> but uh, you know he's catching all the wrong species. Yeah, yeah that, cold front, that cold yeah. front changed yeah, a lot changed. of strategies. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah! I came across Chad um, toward the end of the tournament day, and he was like, "Hey, I mean, I don't know what's going on. I've been patterning bass out here in the grass flats for the past three days, and I cannot pick them up." And also, <laughs> it didn't help because just ra- you guys know how cold it was that day. Randomly, in the area we're fishing, you hear this, <laughs> what in the world is going on? And the biggest jet ski I've ever seen in my entire life just rips out from one of these docks that we've been fishing other and just starts ripping through the grass flats. I mean, for like an hour and a half. <laughs> so mm-hmm. any bass that was out there is hiding. And eventually he came back. So it probably didn't help anybody whose strategy was out there. You know, Liz was doing good. Um, I paid that guy to do that, man. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Pay the Jet Sea Association. Oh, my goodness. So good. Anything else to add there, Jay, before we pass it off to John? No, we're good, man. That's about it. Right on. Right on. I was – well, real quick. We met toward – we had a few hours left in the tournament. I I met you out in the water. We started talking. I I thought you guys – because you were – you had 18, 19, and 19, right, in your team? Yeah. Yeah, so we were in a good spot. I mean, we just had one spot. guy to upgrade his 14 and a half. And if Dan would have caught anything, I think yeah. it would have put us in, like, fourth or third. I mean, even with a 12-inch batch. Uh, tough. Yeah. John, walk us through maybe some – your mindset with strategy coming in, and then yeah. after pre-fishing, what it changed to, and then what your team did and what you did on tournament day. Well, my mindset was it's the same – I was going to start out 
in an area that I'd caught fish before the one time I'd been at Gunnersville and I'm always looking for a Creek channel. I just, I want to be out of the wind and <laughs> hopefully away from other anglers. But when I, so when I woke up that morning, my whole, everybody in my house was gone. We stayed in Airbnb okay. and um, me and another guy were going to the same Creek. So I got there like 30 minutes late. And uh, so it was like just getting uh, light out. Um, two, two guys went to another spot and then one guy, I can't, he jumped around that day. But um, so I got a Crow Creek I put in. It's a big, open, wide creek. Um, and it was big enough where I knew there was fish that are staying there. They're going to be in there. Mm -hmm. um, but start, I didn't catch fish for the first two hours, I think. I, I could not figure anything out. Um, I was confident that spinnerbait was going to work because, I, I mean, I, I just throw that a lot. And then I'm like, nothing. Uh, start slowing it down. Nothing. I, I mean, I tried a couple different things. I had one of the guys in there. He... Um, he threw the buzz bait like first thing. It had a, a giant hit his lure and come off. Uh, so he was all he was really aggravated. So I'm like, I knew fish are in there. I'm like, they gotta be, they gotta eat sometime. So I just start working my way around. And then finally I like I start getting on fish and start catching. Um, but it was but it was the bites were slow. I, I went I went through a few different lures and I went back to the spinner bait and I'm reeling along and all of a sudden it's just like wait on there. So I'm so it's like it's weird. I'm not getting a good hook set. So I had a, I, I just caught one like a 12 incher. I'm like, I right, got my first one, and then I'm, I'm coming back out of an area I'd already fished through. So I'm like, I'll make, I'll make my way down till it went too shallow. I couldn't go any further. I'm coming back through, and then I just load up on a big one. He comes up, opens his mouth right on the water, and just uh, throws my spinnerbait. Uh, when they're so fat, they could barely make it out of the water. Like one of those. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's hard to estimate. Like I don't want to. I, I thought he was like a 19 incher, like, you know, three to four pounds. He had a big, he had a pretty good size mouth. So I knew it was like, man, that, that was a good one. But at that point I'm like, all right, well, that, if I'm getting that, I should get another one. And I fish, I catch like another, like a 14. And then like an hour later, it's, I'm just going down a bank. Nothing's happening. It's been boring. All of a sudden I'm just, all of a sudden there's a fish on there. Same thing throws it again. Like I never got a hook set they like they would bite it and swim towards the kayak it was it's driving me crazy so i'm like i should have had those but i don't know you know how things just fish are just weird <laughs> fish just do things sometimes you just don't know so i'm kind of, i'm like really frustrated that i lost two good ones i'm like i don't know if i'm gonna get how many more chances i'm gonna have because they're not biting real aggressively right. they're in there but they're just so I'd be, I'd be I ended up catching um, after two of those scenarios. I'm already frustrated after hearing you yeah. tell the story. It didn't even happen to me. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm used to losing a lot of fish. It, it seems <laughs> to happen. Um, if you fish a lot, of, especially if you fish a lot of tournaments, they're, they're very more, they're more, they're more in your mind. The more tournaments you fit. That's why I like fishing tournaments. Tournaments make you remember things so much more vividly. And like the pressure is on rather than just, you know, random fishing. But um, I end up catching like 15 and a half and I probably catch like, 10, 12 fish that are like 14, 13, 14, 15 inches. And um, I I never, I just never could get a big one, never could land a big one anyways. And then I ended up moving to another spot that I, I'd scouted that I just like saw and I'd never been there. I'm like, I'm going to go fish there. Okay. And there was a lot more grass and flat area. I go in there and I catch a couple little ones on like a yum dinger. And um, <laughs> I make a cast up close to the bank and a fish on a yum dinger and i had a, a i don't know if it was weightless or jig head but like as soon as it hit the water it goes Kadoosh! i was like what i set the hook and it's like peeling drag for a second and then it just comes loose i'm oh, like what in the world just happened two casts later like a same thing something nails it 
I like load up on it. It, it starts running, and I saw it. It, it was a bowfin. Oh. It jumped. And I was like, oh, that that I'm like, oh, that doesn't feel so bad. <laughs> I was like, that makes sense. I, I had no idea there was bowfin in there. Huh. So I spent like the next 45 minutes trying to find more bowfin. Oh, my anymore. gosh. Um, <laughs> and then, I, yeah, I, I just couldn't get it. But um, one of the guys, they, they were in like a creek channel, and they instead of going shallow, they were going deeper. He caught a 20.25 on a buzzbait. Dang. Um, other guys caught an 18, and one caught a 17, and then the other guy caught a 15. And me and the 15, we, we both had chances on big fish that we just didn't land them. So they, they had fun. They had a blast. Um, everybody caught some fish. Uh, you know, we got, to, we, got, we got to go meet up, eat out a couple times. So um, I, it was really fun. Um, I feel like they really, they really appreciated coming into it. And we all got along really well. So it was, it was a fun, really fun time. Heck yeah. Oh, it's when you, when you lose them in the tournament, two of them, which we know are bigs back to back. It's those are things that, uh, so interesting enough, my, my buddy, um, bowfin junkie, he's coming down to Cleveland with me and we stayed next day afterwards. And, uh, Chad Hoover put us on some juice the following day at a private lake that he had access to. And, He's like, hero okay, lake. yeah, here Lake. you can kayak this area here and fish it. But if you walk back to the back lake, um, I've caught, you know, a 9.8 back there as well. So he's caught almost two 10 pounders in this yep. lake. So I'm like, okay, sweet. I'm going to walk back here because the water's low and it makes it easy to walk around. this lake. So we get back there, second cast, boom, I nail a 21. I'm like, Holy crap. Run out, get my buddy Jake. Like, hey, we had to walk this back here. He gets back there and he, he's, he misses one and just pops out. He's, he's fishing a, uh, we're fishing shaky heads at this point. Same thing happened a second later. Something loads up monstrous, boom, gets it back and just pops out. Like what is going on back here? About a half hour later, I hear this. Whoosh. I'm like, what? I can't see him. Cause he's on this other side of this Island. And I look, and I finally get around to look and he's laying on the ground. I'm like, <laughs> what is he doing? He's like, bro, you, you okay. And what had happened is he, he, he was kind of, shaky head in this thing towards the shore and this monster bass he he's he's like probably that 9.8 i mean i've never seen a tail that big never seen a fish that big yep however he leans into that bad boy as hard as he can but there's no there's no length of line to absorb the hook set right so he's hook setting it like five feet in front of him i mean his oh, afterthought's great he's like i'm just i'm just at this point he's thinking I'm not going to lose the third one back here. So he loads up on this thing. It snaps his rod in half and snaps his line and the beast swims away. And so he had to lay there for about 10 minutes. He was so mad. So it's brutal. And those are the ones that you, you remember for a long time. Gramps walk us through your day. Cause Holy crap. I look at my phone like an hour in, I'm like, what in the freaking crap is going on with team Gramps? you were like 20 inches further than anybody else. And they're not small fish either. I was like, this is going to be a long day. Walk us through what changed in pre-fishing and kind of what you and your team were doing. Well, we kind of stayed away from everywhere we actually planned to fish until tournament day. The only exception was Liz. She and Jeremy had gone into some 19s or so chasing um, back in the flats between the docks you guys were fishing. Mm -hmm. um, there were, like I said, huge balls of bait fish. Um, 
the, the the day before Thursday, the day before the pre-fish, Alex and I, Alex on the water on Twitch, we were over in the area that we knew that Gene and his team would be fishing, but they put in and then went down. Um, we had put in and gone more towards the river because one of the advantages we have is Antoine, who was also on my team. And let me let me back up a second too, because I'm I'm one of the few that's blessed. Every single person that was on my team, I had met in person previously before knucklehead even existed. That's right. Um, you know, Liz was a, a, as a, you know, fish and fam member. And I met her in Florida on Christmas, the previous year when we were down visiting my daughter, of course, I brought the cold weather from Indiana down with me and it was 29 degrees while I'm trying to go to Florida and catch big fish in Tampa. We ended up hanging out at a coffee shop. Um, Alex, I had met at the previous year's, uh, KBF national championship at Kentucky Lake. And then Antoine is a local hammer here in Indiana who is also on the Old Town Pro staff with me. We're regional pro staff. And oh, nice. he, there's not many tournaments up here that he hasn't won. The dude's a flat stick and will be traveling nationally next year. So, you know, I was blessed to have, and of course, Jeremy was my fifth, you know, and he's been fishing his whole life, one armed. You know, that's what he's down to these days, but he can still, he can still catch them. Um, so we had, you know, we had an idea and we had thoughts. And like I said, we eliminated a lot of water during pre-fishing. But I want to bring up real quick the area that that we went and fished where Gene and his team were going to be. Because anybody who's followed me for a long time knows I cannot catch fish on frogs. I mean, it's I, I'm, I'm up to whopping two now. Kill but me. we were pre-fishing an area that some of the guys in my house were fishing during the championship. And big grass mats off this point, And... I missed a big one. I mean, I missed a big one, but we knew because we were there more later in the day, but I missed a big one on the Spro flapping frog. He just didn't get it, but I mean, the blow-up was insane. Mm -hmm. And so me and Alex had kind of pre-fished, and I said, you need to be back here at sunup. So he actually went there on, you know, the the, the, the pre-fish Friday, and if you go watch his Twitch stream, you'll see him catch the one I missed because it was bit in the exact same spot. And then he caught another 20 on the point that he was working. And then, like I said, he probably lost a seven pounder at the boat um, during the pre-fish. And it, you, you, you'll just watch. Dong. But so that's where we knew coming into the tournament day, that's where he and Antoine would fish. And flapping frogs were locked in their hands basically all day. Now, Antoine also went up and fished some places that he fished. To be fair, I had a hammer on my team because he finished ninth in the, the challenge series tournament. So he fished in the money. So, you know, he had, he had his juice that he was working as well, but they literally locked these pro flapping frogs in their hands all day. Um, and then Jeremy and I's strategy was to fish where we fished the weeks before um, coming over the grass, because the funny thing about the bay that we were, that was right next to you guys had Jay's dude gone through under the bridge and worked the rocks two weeks before, I think we pulled off a 19, two 18s, three 17s, and some 16s just on the other side of that bridge. Now, this time, I don't think we caught a single fish off that bridge. Crazy. I couldn't, but there was so much grass pushed in. You probably would have had to punch to catch those fish, but the wind had blown so much of that eelgrass up against that bank, and unless you were willing to sit there and throw it, like, punching out somewhere else, the bridge was kind of like, meh. Yeah. But Jeremy and I kind of looking back in retrospect, we fished it backwards than we should have because the wind was blowing the opposite direction from two weeks ago. That being said, it was actually pretty, you know, like I said, we had a plan. We knew there were fish in our area. 
and we just had to do our job and catch them. So I'm working, and like Jay had said, I lifted my motor up, and I'm fishing across this grass flat in Lindsay Cove, and Jeremy's on the outside edge of it, throwing frogs, you know, just trying to get them, you know, pull them up out of the grass. And uh, I'm paddling. I don't know how that worked, but I'm my arms are still good enough to paddle. Jeremy can't do it. He's got to pedal. Um, so, you know, we're working it. And then we, we go down and not a single bite. Now, I'm pre-fishing. I mean, the tournaments before, our buddy OEF5, he, he probably caught, 10 or so fish out of just this one cove. Wow. But we knew they were in the area. So we get down at the end of this grass flat. And when Jeremy gets to the bridge, throws a throws his frog in there where the bridge meets the, the, the grass line, bang, 18 and a quarter on the board. You know, then I think Alex puts up an 18 something <laughs> on a frog over in their area because where they were was on the opposite side of like that peninsula that that you guys were on. So yeah. they were literally on the other side where Gene and them were. He was just hiding until they all got down further out. But, uh, and then I turn around and by this time I'm like, I'm done frog fishing. I've only got so <laughs> many frog tosses in my day before I turn around. And I knew the jackhammer wasn't the juice, but this thing had been the previous, you know, time there. And so this pretty much stayed locked in my hand all day. What's and the funny thing, thing is, I caught more fish. What are you showing? For I'm sorry. Podcasts? Yeah, it was podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the Six Cents Crush 100X. And it's in the chartreuse with the black back. Anytime I'm in any kind of stained water, I don't know what it is, but the bass love this thing. And like I said, in the pre-fish, in the, in the tournament, the couple of weeks before, I caught four keepers in 150 yards at the end of the tournament that, that bumped me up into the top 30. So I had confidence in it. So I tied it on and I worked the bridge where we had caught a lot of fish in the, you know, in the past, nothing there. And uh, I was feeling confident because Jeremy just caught one. So I started working, you know, the rocky bank on the opposite side, cast across this point where oddly enough, none of us had caught a fish before. Boom. 18 incher. Mm. Then Antoine turns around, catches one, 18 and a half. Boom. And we're like, oh, it's on fire. Okay. And then Liz is like, oh my God, I just lost a 19. I forgot my net. And we're uh. like, oh no. So we're in the group chat and she's like, should I go back to my car and get it? And I'm like, yes. I mean, <laughs> if, if you're on something, you know, it's, it's, it's worth the, the time and effort to go get your net. And so she takes off and goes and gets her net. And then like two hours later, bite just kind of like, I'll say it slowed down. It seemed like for everybody else, I caught so many fish. It wasn't funny. It was like, I catch that 18 then a 17, then a 16, and then a 15. And then they went down like the 12s and dinks. And, you know, I catch one on a jackhammer here and there. I throw some, you know, some, some zoom speed worm through the grass, catch three little ones. But I'm like, eh, I got to put this crankbait back in my hand, you know. And uh, the problem I went, and then in the cove that we were in, it's like, okay, time for me to go hit these docks because I know everybody else is catching fish on docks. You know, we were just trying to beat up what we could find first. And, um, Liz called, you know, we, later on, Liz is like, you know, boom, 20 and something. And we're like, yes. Okay. Turns out she then lost her. No, she caught a 15 first. So okay. she gets her net. She gets back out, catches a 15. Hey, we got a limit. You know, we're feeling good. We passed Fluke Master. We're sitting in first. Now we're like, all right, all right, guys, you know, feed on the gas. We have to get upgrades because it's Gunnersville. I mean, anyone, right. anyone cast could be the one that, you know, mm -hmm. makes or breaks your tournament, you know. So we're grinding all day. Liz runs into Chad, you know, they're talking smack and this and that. And then she comes back and catches a 20, like right in front of him. And, uh, you know, she's doing her little, yeah, thanks for the, you know, <laughs> giving him all kinds of juice. But, you know, that was, 
you guys had a lot of people over there. So a lot of people at around lunchtime, you know, I'm like I said, I'm still catching fish, but I'm telling everybody we need upgrades, boys. We need upgrades. And uh, this, there's no lead that's safe. It's Gunnersville. And about that time, you catch a 22. And I was like, they're closing in, you know. And then Liz comes back with the 20. So we're like, all right, feeling a little bit, you know, creating a little space. But we knew we needed another, we knew we needed at least a 19, 19 and a half. There's no seal in the deal. It's Gunnersville. Anybody, any one cast, you know, you just got to. And we were, there was no, there was no taking potty breaks. There was no eating lunch. There was no <laughs> nothing. We knew we had to keep her foot on the gas. And so about, I think it was after she caught that 20. And then I think maybe somebody on your side caught another one to kind of move. I told Jeremy, I said, we got two choices here. I said, I don't think they're here like they were because we should have caught one by now. I said, we can either go play defensive and get everybody over there in the cove with Liz, because uh-huh. obviously the more people that are there on every dock is less that they have a chance to catch another upgrade. But we didn't know if all five guys of your team were there or if they were spread out kind of like we were. Right. So Jeremy's like, dude, we caught fish here. We know we're good here. So we was like, okay, we're going to stay put. We know it's going to be a thing. Now, I would have played this differently as the captain had I caught in the group message that uh, Antoine and Alex were, you know, they were not getting anything where they were. So they moved. Uh And then I find out later they're at our ramp, which, you know, we were fine with because I'm thinking, you know, we've caught 19s here. We've caught 20s. All we need is one. Part of me says if I if I'd have caught them on the road, I would have sent them to your ramp just just because Jeremy and I were confident that we could pull out a 19 or 20, but also to put more people in your area. Yeah. Um, you know, cause you're playing defense, you know, to, to, to try to win too. It's a big deal to a lot of people. Um, you know, especially me on veterans day, being a veteran, you know, I'm, I, I'm already thinking, you know, we gotta, we gotta clutch this, you know, it's, it's a lot riding on it. So I go back and I move into these docks and, uh, where I caught that 20 and a half, a couple of weeks before, but they were on the outside edges of the, of the dock back then. And I kind of figured after watching some other people's videos, there are going to be some fish up under these docks. So I bust out my skipping jig and I'm tearing up every dock, then some, mm-hmm. um, you know, just working and nothing, 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 nothing. Finally, at some point catch, you know, I, I my smallest was an 18. I catch like an 18 and 1875. And, uh, but that was it. And, uh, and after that, it was just, you know, we can kind of continue to work our patterns and, and see what we can find, but ended the day with 94 inches and, uh, you know, just, we did everything we could and fished until the last minute, but we were happy with where we were. Um, you know, and I will say this and I feel for Antoine because he had the winning fish on you watch his spinning rod. If you see his video, this fish bit a tube and ran that broad under the boat and then just uh, popped him was was gone so could have would have should have but you know that's that's tournament fishing and you can't cry over second place for sure it was you know we all had the goal we you know we literally talked about beating chad and beating gene oh come on now you know you know darren and i both had a plan because we sat there you know a couple days before when he came over to the b&b we sat out in the driveway smoking some stogies having a good time you know Darren and I have been talking for more than a year and it was good to meet each other, you know, in person and, and share some time together. And, uh, you know, if I was going to have to, if I was going to have to fall to somebody with the greatest comeback (laughs) that, you know, there's no better person than, and and for me to do that. So knowing Darren, it was really awesome, but, uh, yeah, man, you got to tell your team story now because you had a, you had to have, 
you had to have a few different miracles to actually, you know, get where you were. And I mean, I, I, I put, we put the numbers up and we made, we set the bar high. Yeah. You guys had to do the work. Yeah. Respect. So we wake up early. It's a 50 minute drive to this boat ramp, which only three people were at the day before. And I get there and there's already like five kayaks and there's already like six kayaks mooring feels like out by the, the ramp. And then Chad rolls up. I'm like, what in the world? And it just seems like there's just a parade of kayaks coming into this boat ramp. I'm like, holy crap. All right. It's good to know. I'm not the only one that knows that they're here from the day before, but Jack was absolutely right. Um, no one was pre-fishing it the day before to kind of keep them nice and juicy for tournament day. And Jay, I didn't even see you come in. I think I was already out in the water as you were potentially coming in. We must've just missed each other. It was also pitch black and there was also probably what did you say? 15 kayaks. There. Yeah, there's probably 15 out of the 65 kayaks that were leaving from that one launch, which is kind of crazy to think about because Gunnersville is so freaking massive. So we have four of our team members at this at this ramp. Tammy shows up late and she's like, not like late, but toward the end. She's like, I, should I go someplace else? There's so many people here. I was like, have you pre-fished any other place? She's like, couple couple places. So she ended up not going, make the decision to stay. Greg goes to Brown. So I don't even know where he's at. That's why he's pre-fishing the day before. He's not there. So four of us are in this hot spot. He's someplace else. I have no clue. That's literally so, the spot on the opposite side of that yeah, peninsula. On the peninsula. That's what I figured. Yeah. Like past Loose Master, past, you know, past around the corner. And he was up in the creeks doing his thing. I was like, all right. He was catching them. So go. You do you. So I take off. And I go, of course, to the, strip, the, the first boat dock where I caught my 20.5 the day before. And I'm just sitting there waiting for lines in. I have my alarm set on my phone. I don't do it a second early. And all the, you can see all these kayaks just flying to different places on the lake. Other lights are going by. It was awesome. And, I mean, it was tough start for me. I mean, where I was catching fish the day before, I mean, there was just nothing. I mean, it wasn't the same time I was catching them the day before. And so I'm, I'm just going to stick to my strategy, which is wacky worm, every angle, backside, front, every hole that I could possibly get it in and skip it through under over i can't tell you how many hooks i sacrificed to those boat docks <laughs> i mean wacky worms exposed hook and i can't tell you how many fish i lost because once you fish once you skip it 20 feet under there and they hit it a lot of times they run left or right if they're running left and right and you can't pull them out fast enough they're breaking you off on one of the pylons and so that have you ever seen as many dock owners put up defensive stands it's crazy i was shocked at the number of like fences and and, and boards everything they could to keep you from fishing under their dock everything everything well the beauty of it is that the the water was down like two feet yep. and so what typically would be impossible a lot of times to skip where the boat goes in because they'd have had gates on the bottom of their um of the garage door that goes into yep. the water. There was actually like this much room left, maybe a, maybe six, seven inches in some cases where you can get it in there. But um, I'm having a hard time. I'm looking down on my phone, like, holy crap, Gramps just put up four 18s and I haven't put up maybe a 14 incher. Uh, I go to this, another juicy dock that produced the day before. I catch three fish, like a 13, a 14 and a 16. So I'm sitting at 16, uh, come across Chad. He's like, oh yeah, this is typically a money dock and it has like three boat stalls in it. And what I was noticing is typically I'll let it sit for like five seconds before I start tugging the, the retrieve. But I was like, okay, I'm just going to let this fall all the way to the bottom. It took a long time, but once I hit the bottom, that's when they actually sucked it up off the bottom and took off with it. And so started finding a little bit more luck with being a little bit patient, uh, fishing a little bit lazy. 
around this time, Jake and Tammy and Jack, Jack ends up going, there's like a creek that goes up there. John, you would love this. So mm. they go up into a creek. Uh, he actually meets Chad Hoover in there later that day, uh, but not having a whole luck. I tried fishing the creek the day before. I didn't catch a freaking thing, but it's incredibly juicy. It might be only be like 25 feet wide, but 10 feet in the middle and a ton of timber and lay down and grass and all kinds of places for fish to hide. They were just not hitting it for me. So we all pull back out into the main and Tammy's having a hard time. She's getting like, I think a 14 and a half and she just like wants to upgrade. Jack's got a 14 or 15. He wants to upgrade. Jake ends up putting up thinking like an 18. So he's feeling pretty good right about now. And right around like 11 o'clock, I pick up that just skip a, skipping a worm. It's just some random dock that probably three or four other kayak anglers have fished under already um, because there's so many people back there fishing docks and just hook up with, which was my personal best. And so what I love about the pedal drive is that once you start catching, I just start backpedaling and just making this thing lazy. Because like Liz, my truck was so full of crap that I had forgotten my net that morning. And so I'm pulling this thing out. I already know I forgot my net. Luckily, and Gramps, you can attest to this. Um, I haven't fished with a net in years until about six months ago uh, when I started <laughs> tournament fishing. So I am... Let's just say I have a lot of practice on bringing fish in and lipping them. Um, and so I was like, all right, I feel somewhat comfortable doing this. And luckily didn't lose one that day by, by lipping it. So I was able to lip my PB 6.8 pounds, um, 22 inch uh, from a dock around 1130. But now I'm thinking like, oh, crap. I mean, I'm looking at the big bass board. I mean, it's I'm tied with another another dude who's got a 22 inch. I was like, I'm not going to upgrade. I need to pull off these docks and let my team kind of yeah. fill in. <clears throat> so I pull off um, and I'm like, Jake, hey, come over here. I fish the rest of this line. Um, I don't want to get in here and, and, and catch them. So I'm gonna, I'll take off. So I was like, okay, tell me what you're doing. I was like, so I go up to the stock, skip my lure. I'm just kind of showing exactly what I'm doing. And boom, I got a 19 hit. hits. So I'm like, holy crap. I was like, I'm sorry, bro. I shouldn't even be fishing here. <laughs> so I back out. Maybe a minute later, he's fishing the exact same spot, and boom, he pulls out a 19 from the exact same spot. There are two fish hanging in the back of this dock in about five feet of water. And so he maybe upgrade, upgraded maybe a half inch or an inch. We call the rest of the team over. We're like, Jake, you and I need to back up because Tammy needs to upgrade her fish. Yep. And so, boom, she nails a 17.5. She she puts on a wacky worm starts fishing under these docks. So we're all feeling pretty good. When I caught my 22, um, JT, we were one inch behind first at that point and then slowly while we were trying to upgrade the rest of my team you were you upgraded i think another 2.75 so we are all like okay we need 2.75 inches or three inches to take first and jack who lives on by lake gunnersville who's a freaking hammer puts up like 105 108 inches during the summer he's stuck on a 15. we're like holy crap Okay, so but he has a, like a torpedo and he doesn't have a pedal drive and the wind is picking up by this time. And he's like, I typically don't skip docks. Like I'm not really great at skipping. So he gives it a try and then like an hour goes by. I'm, I'm trying not to like get up all in his business because it's a lot of pressure when you're the guy. who needs yeah, to That's the hard part when that's, you know you're the local hammer and you're sitting on a 15. And so I'm like, hey, that, this is what's working for me. If you want to try it out, great. I, I need to get out of here and stop fishing the area and get as far away from you guys. So you guys can you guys can pick up. And he maybe fishes like an hour and a half. And Jake calls me up. He's like, the wind is blowing him into it. And he's since you're not accustomed to skipping, uh, just wasn't working out for him. So Jake's like, it is like an, an hour left. And we had four hours to upgrade this fish. And I was like, oh, 
not that we got it in the bag, but we have plenty of time to upgrade his 15. And so we just gotta just gotta be patient and wait for him to do his thing. He gets an hour away, and Jake calls me up. He's like, "Hey, I'm, I'm going to take him off the docks and take him over to where I caught my uh, a 19 this morning over in the grass flats over by the oyster bar. You know where that's at, Grams? Um, yeah, yeah. So Chad, around this time, I meet up with with Jay. I'm talking to you on the water. Chad guns by. He's like, "Oh, I'll take him that peninsula over there. He kind of pointed in the area where they're going to be." And with 18 minutes left, I think he's throwing a jackhammer or some type of bladed jig, I believe. And just pulls it out. Wasn't, wasn't a 15, wasn't a 16. No, it was exactly it was what <laughs> It was exactly, exactly what he needed. Yeah, it was like the only fish in four hours. And it's exactly what we needed. He called me up. He's like, I think for some reason, I don't know why, but. He was like, I think he caught an 18, but he didn't seem excited about it. I was like, bro, he caught a what? I was like, I don't see it on the board because I'm checking it because I'm just goofing around. I was like, did he did he take a picture of it yet? Like, what's going on? He said, oh, let me call you back. So I'm dying over here doing the backwards math of what this fish needs to be in order to win. And then he calls me back. He's like, it's an 18. It's like, I don't see it on the board. Is it going to fly? It's one of those scenarios where it's going to fly off the board or something stupid like that. And eventually they got it up and with 18 minutes left. And it was just a surreal experience um it really was first first team tournament first tournament in general um but it was it was wild and so that's kind of that's kind of our day and man it was a good day it was it was a good few days of fishing like going down to gunnersville i caught a 20 and a half a 22 and a 21 like those are like top five fish for me for the year all caught within three days because i fish in northeast ohio and so it was it was wild all right, we're coming up to the end of time here. I wanna, I wanna give everyone a chance. Oh, really quick, I got some starred, uh, some starred messages here from people from way back. Sly Fox Fishing said, "I fished every chance I got, day and night." He said he probably had a thousand hours of fishing and more to qualify. <laughs> wow! For, for the knucklehead. Rose been in the work. Fished for- every one of mine and a bunch of the burly guys just went, you know, trying to get a team. It was awesome. He was he was working. <laughs> Getting it done. I love it. Creek Crawler, who was who fished a month trying to get on my team, he said, Pro tip, don't try to catch smallies to qualify unless you're in St. Clair. <laughs> he came, he came close to winning the spot on the team. Um, long name here. He said, fun fact, knucklehead was my fourth time in a kayak. I bought one month before Gunnersville. You guys got to remember this is this was open to bank anglers for the for the series, but you had to have a kayak mm-hmm. for the for the championship. And so perfect scenario: is someone who won off the bank and then had to get a get a kayak for Knucklehead. Yeah. Well, so if I can, I, so. Daniel Pierce, who caught that twenty-two that yeah. you guys were tied with, caught his twenty-two in pre-fishing. It was like his fourth or fifth time in his old town. Yeah. That's wow. wild, man. So I thought when I first heard that this was open to bank fishermen, my first reaction was like, why? It's weird. It's kayak bass fishing. <laughs> but after after talking to the guys down there, so one guy on my team, Anthony, he didn't even own a kayak when he came up up to the to the championship. He the kayak he brought was a demo from a dealer in Florida that said, take it for the weekend. If you like it, you'll buy it. Yeah. So he brought a demo up. And, yep. But he was saying how he, he was able to bank fish the whole year and knowing that he would get the kayak at some point, um, it opened up his like realm of possibilities. And I actually, after 
talking to them, I was like, that is really cool because I've I've heard there's multiple people there that were able to land spots fishing off the bank. You know what I mean? Like, and it and it is. I mean, talking about expanding the world of kayak fishing, like that's that's well. Fly Fox caught a bunch from the bank. Liz caught a bunch from the bank. Daniel Pierce. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were so many people. Caro Ferg, you know, fan favorite down there who made her way onto the underdogs. Um, you know, she's, she's got a kayak, but she mostly fishes from the bank and, you know, she was out there paddling around doing her thing and then they ended up in third place. Mm -hmm. So the whole point obviously was to, for us to help, you know, those, those folks who probably maybe bought kayaks during COVID or whatever to kind of get more involved. And obviously, you know, the goal of kayak bass fishing gets people butts in boats. That's really what it comes down to. Okay. And this was our way of enticing and getting more people off the bank into the kayaks. So you can experience just that much more something that we all know because that's why we're in kayaks because it just opens up a whole new world of fishing for so many people. Hundred percent, John. Were you going to say something? No, I mean I got a lot of guys around me that bank fish a lot, yep. and um, but it's like I like having that option because there's there's a lot of creeks that and that you can bank fish or or walk the banks and catch really good fish um i think it's fun just to have that in there and some some of the guys that i knew that they did that just to they weren't i mean they probably didn't think they were going to win but they wanted to compete and try to get some fish on the board yeah yep. and they call them bank fishing and stuff so it's kind of you know i like I, I like open it up and it does it once you once you just get entered into the tournament it's going to drive you to kind of if you want to keep doing it you're going to find ways to all right i gotta get a kite now i want to do this and you can borrow them or use whatever but yeah i like how it got a lot of people into it so one of the last questions, all really quick from Bucktail. If you guys met him when you guys were down there, he's like, my first tournament nailed my PB2 team mm -hmm. underdogs. You guys nice. were close to first. Closer than I think anybody realized because oh, yeah. real close. <laughs> because their team was made up of three Gunnersville Hammers, and the small fish on their team was one of those three. So Bucktail and Cairo mm -hmm. both pulled in bigger fish. I think he had a 19 and she had an 18, 1875. And so if their other local had smoked one, we'd Ooh. all been crying in our tears behind them. Yeah, we so. would. And it would have happened swift and fiercely because I was only paying attention to you. You never pay attention really to the person yeah. behind you unless you're in first playing defense. And so I really wasn't looking who was who was close behind. Yeah. Should have been, but I wasn't. All right, last question for everybody around the board here. What was your most memorable moment from the entire series to the championship? What was like? the greatest thing that happened to you or something you've experienced happening to somebody else. Think about that for a second. Whoever wants to go first, go and start. I've got kind of two. One was meeting Cairo, who is a fan favorite among a lot of our channels. She's in like everybody's live streams all the time. Um, and she's, you know, she told her husband Jay that she was reserving two hugs, one for me, one for my brother. Hmm. Um, and, you know, she was so she she just jumped in the fan fish off for fun. She literally just came to fish and have fun and meet everybody. And so me and Jeremy gave her, you know, we gave her our cove and said fish here and just go do your thing. We're not going to be on the water all day Friday down there. You just go tear it up. And so when Chad called her name first and the crowd went insane, completely thoroughly enjoyed it. And then she turned mm -hmm. around in the safe cove because she was like, well, I can't fish with you guys because I'll take fish away. No, you come with us. You know, you're not going to hurt nothing. There's lots of fish in this lake. You're only going to catch your fish, not mine. <laughs> right. You come and join us. And then this, I, my, my, my real highlight was you coming over and us hanging out for that hour and a half, mm. 
sharing a stogie, sharing some stories, you know, having, having that, having that time that for me, that all of the different meetups with all of the YouTubers and their, and their followers and fans and family, that to me was the, the Derby was fun. Don't get me wrong, but the meetups and all of the personal uh, stuff going on with everybody and their teams and, and cross teams was completely incredible. It was everything that I hoped it would be. And beating Chad and Gene. Yeah. What? What? And beating Chad. And Gene. <laughs> I love it. John, Jack. Yeah, I'll go. Um, a couple things. Uh, one of them was uh, me and all my guys, we went, uh, was it, I think it was, I can't which night it was. I think it was Friday night, Thursday night, Friday night. And we, we went to uh, a place in Gunnersville on the water and ate. <laughs> I don't know. It was just an awesome, like, it was really fun. Just go hang out, sit around, um, eat like a really good meal. And, like everybody, and, you know, just talk, um, you know, as far as all anglers, you know, you, you, you get along so well with other guys that are fishermen, you know, and they're just like, just talking about fishing and doing stuff. And, you know, so I, I really appreciate the group, the group of guys that I, um, that one on my team were really, really awesome guys. And then, um, you know, second is probably, I wish we had, I wish we had a little bit more time to like hang out with y'all guys. Like I really barely got to see y'all, you know, but I know it was more for the fans. So I try to spend my time with my guys and like doing stuff. But at the, um, at, uh, at the meetup at the end, I had several people that weren't on my team that, you know, I'd never met before that came up to me and were like, Hey, I really appreciate your, your stuff. Or a couple of guys were like, you, you helped me get into fishing more and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've been doing YouTube for like, you know, six, seven years now. So I've, kind of been doing it for a little bit and um that was that kind of stuff like that kind of it's like i kind of forget that you know that sometimes um what we do really does help people and people do get a lot of enjoyment out of um whatever it's making one video or making a bunch of videos people there's people out there that really appreciate it and it's, it's it was nice to hear that from some of the people mm. Mm. jay what do you got for us it's uh for me it's more or less the same i mean my so my time there in the actual series was really limited because i had six weeks from the time chad said come on board to the end of the series uh so i didn't really get that time to build with my guys beforehand as like as each one was winning a month uh but being down there and actually meeting up with my team uh and being able to like chat with them and like we we did spend some time like on on the phone like when i was actually driving down talking to some of them on the phone for an hour hour and a half mm. same thing on the way up i was actually just we were like t calling each other because we were all driving home um but like bu building with them was really cool obviously uh meeting people i mean meeting like because me and jt have talked me and darren have talked and uh like chad and like seeing all y'all in person it felt like i already knew y'all like it was yeah. it was super weird i mean everything was the same <laughs> Uh, yeah. but it, it was cool just, uh, just meeting everyone and, and kind of like seeing, like being part of it, even though I just came in on the back end of it, like being part of something that meant so much for everybody. Cause I thought it was, I mean, it was probably one of the best trips of my life, like going down there. Yeah. yeah. Like it was, it was cool, man. I mean, you can't beat the kayak fishing community. Like okay. I feel like I've met a lot of guys that are like bass boat fishermen. I'm like, they, they, they can't, uh, they can't stand up to us. Like. They're, they're, none of them are like they don't have that same camaraderie that I feel like kayak fishing holds, you know. For sure. Yeah. I would love to see a boondoggle or something down there, like in the spring, where it's just a free for all. Everybody shows up, goes out, fishes together, makes videos with with everybody, and just goes and chases bigs. I mean, sure, you can have tournaments and all that too, but I think if it and, is, and especially a lake like that, I yeah. mean, 
just giants, giants. <laughs> land of giants, just lots and lots of ramps. We, I didn't even go to Wheelers. I didn't even have so time many to go over ramps. there. Yeah. yeah. No, my, I got a few. So starting off the series, I, I was unsure about tournaments. I didn't know if it was going to ruin fishing for me. Some people have strong opinions about it, um, where it just becomes all about the tournament and you lose your love for just going out there and kind of relaxing. So I was worried about that getting into it, but really grew to love it, especially the month long tournaments. Just how can I do over a period of time? Um, and I really surprised myself cause I never had done a tournament before. And I have a YouTube channel that teaches kayak fishing. Am I any good? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, you don't know unless you start competing. To a degree, I'm like I know I can catch fish and I get on them, but to what degree can I do it? And so I surprised myself with four months of over 90 inches, with one being 97 inches um, wow. for Northeast Ohio. I was like, wow! So that was a, a boost of encouragement for myself. I made a couple really close fishing friends up here this past uh, past year. One of them made it on my team, which went down. We had a blast. And I mean, I've had all you guys on my show, JT. Never met you before. John, never yeah. met you before. Jay, never met you before. Chad, never met you before. AAA English, never met never met him before. But I had talked to them before. So, of course, when you get down there, that's a blast. John, you're a lot taller than I anticipated you being, to be completely honest. <laughs> <laughs> the night, you know, of course, you know, I had a stogie. Gene was there and a bunch of other people I met. Met Liz for the first time. That was awesome. And, you know, it, it, is all, it means more to us than you know as a content creator when you come up to us and say, hey, that one video that you made really helped me out even with purchasing a kayak that now I love and enjoy like, man, that, that hits mm -hmm. for, for us. So I had a couple of people do that and it meant, it meant more to me than the, the trophy really, because why we started YouTube channel, everyone got to, that got their own story. But mine was, I started, to, I started YouTube channel because I wanted to teach my girls who are now seven and six, how to fish. And they might not want to learn until maybe I'm gone. So I needed to chronicle it. And that was the beginning of it. And so my my core of what I want to do with a channel is, is help people. And so when someone comes up and says, you've helped me, that trumps anything else that happened this past weekend for me. And so it was a freaking awesome weekend. Any other things you guys want to share? Any other thoughts you had? Before I'm, we close I'm curious, that, unless you're going to have your other guys on. I want to know what they did with the money. Like they didn't, we didn't really mention it much, but I wanted to hear anything about what, what their plans were. They have any goals they're going to buy or stuff like that. Y'all might talk about that. Well, if you know about the payout, I, I don't get any of the payout, right? So right. the, the team captains, if you didn't know this, um, just got some, some, a part of the revenue from the signups over the four months. And so the team's got to split $2,500. I only was able to talk to one, which was Jake. Jake has been praying about going on a mission trip to I think the Dominican Republic for, uh -huh. for a while now. And he was praying with the pastor. He's like, I still don't have, that cash and i don't know where it's come from so their pastor you know they got together they was praying like the week before that the lord would provide a way and in a roundabout way felt like he provided a way so now he has the money to go on that that mission trip and so that's the only that's the only story i have for you right now because that's the only one that <laughs> i'm talking about <laughs> uh, but that you was know, honestly I'm gonna sit there. I, got, I gotta i gotta make a comment before we're done i was i was talking to the lord on the way home you know because Part of me was sulking a little bit because I was trying to represent veterans and, you know, and it, it you know, we, I was like, what else could I have done? OK, you know, I know you 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 have a plan for something, you know, and I appreciate the fact that John is a man of faith 
and I don't know Jay well enough, but you know, I'll make assumptions, but I know, I know through, I've known Darren for the last year now, just calls and texts and, and doing streams together, you know, where, where he stands with the Lord and the, 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 the missions that he does and the charities that he works for. And I said, you know, I said it, it, it stings a little bit coming in second, but if I'd have been behind all day and I came back and finished in second, I would have been grateful as you can get. You know what I'm saying? But I said somewhere, somehow there was probably a bigger plan because, you know, it, it, it was one of those things. So hearing that, that, that now yeah. the guy is fully funded for his mission, it's like I knew there had to be something because I was I was in the truck talking to my mama, you know, on the way back. And I'll do that when I'm on the water. And uh, I knew there had to be a bigger plan. So I love absolutely love hearing that, you know, knowing that Gene's son is out on his mission right now. And, you know, it's it's just great to hear stories like that, too. So thank you for sharing that with us, because that I, I knew there had to be something bigger. I knew it's going to be just as much fun next year. And, you know, this this thing is just going to keep snowballing and getting bigger. But uh, I'm really glad you shared that with us. Yeah, man, for sure. OEF, thank you so much for your support. Um, so you just made a gift. Thank you so much. All goes back into the channel here. And thank you for a sick meal. At the, mm -hmm. at the meetup. Oh, yeah. Meet. Matt and Serena just fired it Meets. up. I mean, they are awesome. Well, guys, we are way over time, but all of you are class acts. I am honored to call you friend. So thank you so much for coming on tonight. Thank you for our friendship uh, around kayak bass fishing. Chad, I know you're not on, but thank you for putting this all together yes, um, and providing that, that community that I hold near and dear to my heart. And I know you guys do too. So Thank you so much. And uh, if you're listening to the podcast on the Window Fishing Podcast, we'll see you again next Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And I know that Hickman Outdoors has their podcast and John has a podcast and Jay's getting ready to start a podcast. So follow them all. <laughs> so yep. you guys have a great day. will be on with me live on Monday. Ooh, nice. 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 Talking about his new kayak adventure series. Oh, heck yeah. Cool. Heck yeah. All right, guys. Well, have a great week and we'll see you next week. All right, Darren. All thanks. Right, Darren. God bless. You have a good one. God bless. You've been listening to the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast. Kayak fishing is a passion that runs through our veins. And our passion is to talk about every aspect of it, have a blast doing it, and laugh the whole way. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Window Fishing. <laughs>